0: Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. My name is Andrew Stroud, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Abigail Wilson. Abby, how are you? Hey,
1: Andrew. Um, Not much going on here. I just stress ate a whole bowl of candy corn um, (laughs) due to potty training. But other than that...
0: (laughs) (laughs) You strut... You ate a bowl of popcorn. What time no, of day is it? No,
1: candy corn. There is oh, a candy difference.
0: corn. Oh, <laughs> like, I wish better. it were
1: popcorn. Like at this <laughs> moment, I'm really regretting my choices. But it was definitely candy corn. <laughs> no, okay. So I just want to just let everyone know that my house is maybe 80 percent um, hardwood laminate flooring, and then. The other 20 is carpet. And I just want you to guess where the majority, no, 100% of accidents have occurred.
0: Do You want to guess? I think I know the answer to this. (laughs) Yeah. I'm guessing carpet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like what even? How is that even possible? So that's the candy corn. But I'm here. I'm so happy to be here today. Andrew, you have tons to catch us up on. First of all, we 100% need to have a follow-up on our last little <laughs> combo about how life is going for the Strouds. Um, tell us about your car. How's it going?
0: All right. Well, I'm definitely going to give an update on that. But I hope people who listen to the podcast also follow us on Instagram because you have put up a couple <laughs> of stories of Justice recently and he is cracking me up. So uh, the fact that he's yeah, potty he training...
1: Yeah, yeah, he has to be cute right now. Otherwise, we would just put him out on the curb. He has got to up the cuteness while he's body training. And he must know that deep down inside.
0: I think he does. <laughs> well, he's definitely got the, the cuteness quotient uh, off the charts. Well, uh, but he's always talking about food. And he's already got the, <laughs> the best foods figured out. I've, I've heard him talk about pizza. I've ho- heard him talk about, <laughs> um, well, the ice cream.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I know. We um, we actually have in our house church network, um, one of the house churches, they've just kind of nicknamed themselves the pizza church because they meet at a pizza restaurant. And I'm pretty sure if Justice heard about pizza church, he would just be like, forget it, family. I'm leaving your churches. I'm going to pizza <laughs> church. He loves
0: pizza. I love as uh, recently you had a story of him quoting a memory verse and somehow he worked pizza into into the verse. Yeah. It was great.
1: <laughs> which the verse um, was to serve others um, in love. And and he just said, serve others pizza, which, you know, is actually <laughs> pretty funny. And it is very loving to serve people. I pizza,
0: think so. so. Well, there's the verse about love others the way you would like to be loved and I think it's clearly
1: very spiritual already.
0: Well, we did, uh, we do these podcasts every few weeks and then we had an interview. So it's probably been over a month since we did the podcast, um, episode 12, I think, where it was a Q and a session with the two of us. And we started that show. I shared that our car had just been stolen and this car, it's a, it's 25 years old. So it's a 93 Honda and it, it, already, it had already been stolen once before, so this was the second time that it had been stolen. I
1: mean, that's crazy. Um,
0: when it was stolen the first time, the police told us that there was an 80% chance that it was just gone. Um, because we live close to the border, and a lot of times stolen cars are taken over into Mexico, and you just never see them again. But it was recovered that time, and it was actually recovered again this time.
1: Wow. So Wow. I mean, the odd... Are- breaking we we should really go to vegas because my child pees in the 20 percent of the house <laughs> and you get your car back like what even we're so lucky
0: yeah well we've now nicknamed this car the boomerang right because it's it's definitely earned that moniker so um yeah the car is back which is a huge blessing i know that there were folks who were praying for that so i really i really do appreciate yeah,
1: it. That's super exciting. Um,
0: But they found it about an hour north of here and um, had not been damaged. So it was just out of gas. But but lots going on here. Um, I recently survived man cold 2018, um, which is at least an annual thing for me. Um, Last year, I actually broke a rib and my daughter was giving me a hard time because she felt like I dealt better with a broken rib last year than I did with a cold this past week. So uh, I, I fully admit that when it comes to colds and the, the whole meme of man cold, um, I could be the poster person for that because when I get a cold, Aww. I'm pretty much down for the count. So <laughs> just coming out of that.
1: <laughs> well, we're so glad you're yeah, back. <laughs> well, Cindy is
0: too. So she's, she's got enough to take care of without having a 45-year-old uh, invalid
1: yeah, well, it must be going around because I don't know if our listeners um, were listening to, um, I think maybe it was two weeks ago, our um, bonus audio was a really great message by Gene Fleming, and I did the intro for that, and if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it and then notice how very stuffy I sound in that intro <laughs> because I was also suffering, um, but... I overcame to do a recording for you guys. (laughs) Yes, you are a
0: mom and somehow moms are able to pull it together and make it happen. Well, we've got a great episode lined up today. We're going to be talking about the topic of finding a mentor. And I think our listeners are going to be encouraged. I think they're going to be challenged. And I think they're going to walk away with some principles and practices they can put to use right away. But before we dive in, We want to give you all an idea of what you can expect from the podcast over the next few months because we're going to be wrapping up season one and also wanted to give you an idea of what we have in mind for 2019.
1: Yeah, that's right. So we are really on the home stretch here for season one. We only have six more episodes left after today's. So um, the timing kind of works out that we're going to be ending this first season right around the first week of January. So I just think that's perfect timing. We'll be able to sort of look back at this past season and just all that we've learned from it and then take a little break um, and get season two started in around April. So I think it's a lot of good stuff to look forward to.
0: Yeah, we really appreciate everybody who has been with us during this first season. I don't think maybe people realize how little we know about what we're doing. I mean, we're definitely building the airplane in flight um, pretty much across the board, whether it's the the tech or the the topics that we're choosing. But it's been a lot of fun, and I'm excited about putting the pieces in place for season two um, here over the next few months. So we're definitely looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, and we really do appreciate our podcast family so much. Um, I, I kind of think maybe they did know how little we knew, Andrew, but um, they put up with us anyway, and I'm so grateful for that. So we just want to thank you yet again and just uh, reiterate how much it helps us when you share about the Into the Harvest podcast with your friends and whoever you uh, interact with online or in person So please, please continue to spread the word um, with the people in your community who you think will benefit from it. Because we really want um, to share this with believers who are dedicated to living out their faith in the everyday places of
0: life. So, Abby, there are a lot of examples of mentoring relationships in the Bible. Personally, one of my favorites is from the New Testament, Paul and Timothy. And I like this one because... First of all, it's it's a new covenant relationship. So I think it's one that, that has precedence for us, that we can see people who, who weren't Jesus. So you had Paul, who was trying to follow Jesus as closely as he could. But then he was reaching down to the next generation with guys like Timothy, Titus, and others. And he was really investing in them. One of the, the famous verses... I think for disciple making or mentoring is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul says follow me as I follow Christ. And so it's it's a really neat picture of yes, all of us are following Jesus that he is he is our lord, he is our example, he is our teacher. But God also gives us a human mentors that we can learn from because they are a few steps further down the road than us in life they've got some things figured out and i love the way that you see that with with paul as as he followed christ but turned around and invested in guys like timothy so that's one of my favorites from the bible do you have a, a favorite mentoring relationship from the bible that comes to mind
1: yeah, so there really are so many good ones. Um, but one that I've always really loved was the Elijah-Elisha relationship in the Old Testament. Um, it's in 2 Kings, um, if you don't already know it. Um, and besides the fact that they have incredibly you know, confusing names and that they basically bribe. Um, and maybe I was pretty old before I realized they were two different people. Um, I, I really love how, um, Elisha sticks with Elijah. I mean, just will not leave him. Um, and I always really appreciated that aspect of their relationship and, And really learned a lot from that as far as um, when you see someone who you admire in the faith, um, you just, you stick to them and you don't let them go. (laughs) Um, And so I like that. And and I guess from a personal perspective, um, this particular story um, has a a lot of um, importance to my husband and I Uh, when we were stationed in Georgia. Um, we were kind of going through a period where we didn't know what God was going to do for us next or what we needed to be doing stepwise for him. And He um, Brett just happened to be reading about Elijah and Elisha in his quiet time. And the Lord really used that to tell Brett, follow um, this particular mentor in your life and don't let him go. Um, the weird thing was, is that that mentor lived in the town that we were living in. And so Brett kind of felt like that was a bit dramatic of God to say, you know, don't let this guy out of your sight when he was like next door. And so we kind of laughed about it. And so we said to the mentors, like, you know, oh, God, like totally, you know, told us to stick to you and you're right here. So you're not going anywhere. And the mentors were like, oh, hey, God just told us to move to Texas. And you were like, "Oh, hey!" (laughs) So, yeah. So it was a little, um, a, a little precursor to what the Lord had for us. Um, and so, and I was telling you earlier before we started recording, Andrew, that really changed the course of our lives. Um, us choosing to follow those particular mentors, literally, um, across the country. I mean, we changed everything for that. Um, and so it really mentorship has really impacted. Our life in a huge, huge way. So um, Andrew, can you kind of share with us maybe some of your own personal exp- um, mentoring experiences?
0: Definitely. Um, and it's interesting that you talked about that relationship really being a fork in the road for you guys, that it really did change uh, down to today um, a lot of where you're at in life, um, how you understand your, your personal contribution, how you're trying to live out your faith uh, really you can trace it back to that moment where god was speaking to brett and you guys were willing to not only listen but then act on that that word to stick with uh, those mentors and make that move it's it's fun that we're having this conversation um i mentioned earlier that we're sort of picking the topics as we go it's really not it's really not that spontaneous we did decide on this topic several uh, maybe even a couple months ago, but
1: yeah, it's actually been a while. It's you have brought it up almost every time we've talked about what to do next, and I think I'm the one who's been putting it off. <laughs> Here we are.
0: It may be, but um, the, the timing is very interesting because we just had um, some mentors of ours, longtime mentors of ours, who came out to visit us just earlier this week, and this is a couple who have been in our lives for 25 years now, and were really um, the first ones who, in our for Cindy and I in our adult lives, took us under their wings and really began to invest in us and to show us how to walk with Christ and how to share our faith, how to live it out. Uh, they spent seven years with us, where we were with them in the same area, you know, week in and week out, uh, living life together and learning from them. And partnering together in the work that the Lord had for us at that time. But then that relationship has continued over the years. And usually at least once a year, we get together in person and they're still speaking truth into our lives. And I think about what you shared about how it was really a transition point in your lives to make that that step, to commit yourself to that relationship, that learning relationship with your mentor and It was really the same for us, even though at the time, I don't think we had any idea just how far that one decision to commit to a mentor would would take us and and affect the course that our life took. But it really did for us. We did end up moving to be closer to this particular couple, Um, but it wasn't quite as, as dramatic a move for us. It was about a 45 minute. Move down the road.
1: <laughs> well, <that's laughs> so, still, it's still a big deal. Not everybody moves states. So it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but I think at a at a deeper level, because we made that commitment, that commitment to the relationship, what we began to learn from that couple you know, it's almost like dominoes, like it, it began to affect future decisions that we made. And, and then those future decisions did take us, really have taken us all over the, the United States and have really, have really, I think, shaped the, the way we view the, our purpose in life and what it is that we're trying to give our life to, which is to, to reach and invest in the next generation of people who were going to belong to Jesus and and live for Jesus. So we really learned that from from our mentors back in our early 20s and I don't think over the years I have always appreciated just how how rare it is to have a mentor and how fortunate and blessed Cindy and I were to have to have this couple in our lives at a very early stage because I think it's it's very rare and the older mm-hmm. I get, the more I realize just how rare that is. But that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this particular episode is because I don't think it has to be as rare as it is today. There's just sort of a, a lost value or maybe even a lost vision for mentoring and, and what it can bring to your life. So it's a big reason why, why yeah. we wanted to do this particular episode.
1: Yeah, and I think I totally agree, Andrew. Um, and I think maybe that's why I kept putting it off. You didn't realize I was putting it off, but I was <laughs> because I didn't feel like you and I were were capable of doing this when we have been so blessed. Um, I think both of us have had such great mentors in our lives, and when I looked around at hmm. the world, um, we really were um, coming from a different perspective. And I thought, man, do I have any anything to give to those that may not even have any concept of this. But I think we do. And so I am really excited to maybe get into some of the nitty gritty of this. Um, so we, as we mentioned earlier, or you did, um, we do have some maybe principles and practices that we think might help people. Practically speaking, if this is something that's maybe missing from your life or um, you you know could work on it a little bit more. We think this might be helpful. So let's start off um, with maybe some principles, Andrew, that we see um, that we can follow when it comes to mentoring.
0: Yeah, we want to give people three principles, and then we'll finish with three practices that you can actually you know begin to live out. Yeah, yeah. To, um, to find a mentor. So principle number one is establishing a mentoring relationship can be initiated by either side. And what I mean by that is we wanted it's actually the reason why we are calling this conversation finding a mentor instead of being mentored is because if you think about mentoring as something that is done to you, then then you're just kind of waiting for the stars to align and the right person to come into your life who notices you and sees your potential and and wants to to help to help you grow and develop and the reality is uh, most older people who are potential mentors are are busy people they've got lots going on and they may have quite a few people that would would like to learn from them or if nothing else they've they've got a lot of demands on their time so we really wanted to emphasize that you can initiate the mentoring relationship, even as the younger person who desires to be mentored, that you you don't have to and you shouldn't wait for someone to notice you and to offer to to mentor you or to disciple you. But you should take that initiative yourself and not wait for it to happen. I mean, I think you can be praying, uh, but even that in a sense is, is initiating because you're asking God to bring uh, someone into your life who can invest in you and who you can learn from, and I think for me that's actually where it started. Is I was uh, praying and looking for someone that I could learn from, even at a at a young age, that um, I had a sense that this was important. That that I didn't want to just go to you know church gatherings and hear hear the scripture taught from the from the podium. But I wanted to actually learn how do I live this out. And the best way to do that is to to find someone who's already been living it out and then begin to learn from them. So I know in my own life, this was a principle that maybe I couldn't articulate it early on, but it was definitely one that I lived by that um, I actually sought out several mentoring relationships before we ended up, you know, connecting with this couple who, discipled us for those seven years and who we just saw and and even with that couple um, I initiated the relationship with with him you know I was the one who picked up the phone and called him when we didn't know each other and so that's that's principle number one is that you don't have to wait for someone to offer to mentor you in fact you should probably expect to be the one who's initiating if you're the one who's wanting to be mentored
1: yeah that's really good Andrew and I think it's especially good when, you know, most of us, um, are busy and, Probably those people that are, you know, the type of value and quality that we want to be mentored by, um, they're super busy. And so they're probably not sitting around thinking, like, you know what I could really use right now is like some more people (laughs) to help. (laughs) So um, it really does kind of take some initiative on our part. So I really appreciate that. So um, I think our next big principle that we um, think is good to remember is just to make sure that you define what you're looking for. Um, and that's really just because there are different types of mentoring and different seasons for those different types of mentoring. And I think this is also really important um, just because mentoring and discipleship are sadly a lost art in the church today. Um and so it comes sometimes it can just be really helpful to make it clear to whoever it is that you're wanting to mentor you what it is you're looking for. Um, in fact, the my mentor now when I initiated with her, um, she her immediate response was, can you just tell me a little bit of what you're looking for? And I thought that was such a great question. Um, and later we talked about it. And she said, yeah, because sometimes I think I know what someone's asking. And really, they just want um, me to teach them how to cook or something and I was like mm, I doubt that's the case but um, but she was right in that we shouldn't just assume that we're all on the same plate or page when it comes to you know our desires and our hopes for things um, so in the past um, I've had quite a lot of different mentors and Um, different seasons, and they've taught me different things. Um, One example I have is just when my husband and I were first uh, married, we were stationed in Washington, and Andrew and Cindy um, had just moved there as part of their ministry, and I really remember thinking, like, I need to get more time with them because, one, they have a lot of, you know, a lot of children. That's what I thought at the time, Andrew. (laughs) I'm sorry. You had tons of children. (laughs) And, but you also, you know, were married, and you were doing ministry. And those were all things that Brett and I put a lot of value in. Um, and so we I initiated um, a relationship with Cindy. And so I met with her for like a solid year. Um, and it was a mix of things. Um, it wasn't just about ministry, but it was about being a wife and being a mother. Um, And just observing her and getting her feedback on that. Um, And so that was definitely um, a specific thing that I saw in their lives. And I wanted to, to grow in. And I I saw the absence in my own life in those areas, the absence of wisdom. And so I really um, sought that out. I think that's a, a really great way to start is to, to see, you know, where are the places that I, have maybe some absence of wisdom and who, you know, can I find that could really speak into that? So I think that um, can really help us sort of define what we're looking for.
0: Yeah. And I think if nothing else, we need to define it for ourselves that that we need to Mm -hmm. have a, a clear understanding, but I really agree with, with what you're saying there. It's also helpful to actually have that conversation with the person that is potentially going to be mentoring you, or maybe that you're already in the mentoring relationship with. I know, for myself, um, with those that I'm mentoring now, that is very helpful because it needs to be a a back and forth conversation about. I mean, there are some things that I know that these would be helpful things for this person. I can I can see, but um, you know, they may be dealing with a more pressing need, or <laughs> they may have something more. Um, that they're more yeah. curious about learning in, in that moment that I might not even know about if They don't, if they don't bring it up. And it may be the kind of thing where your mentor may say, Hey, I don't know that I'm the best person to, to bring that, that kind of uh, mentoring into your life. So it's, it's mm-hmm. always good to, to define what you're looking for. So that's a great, that's a great principle.
1: Yeah. Or even just, you know, how much time they can give you. I mean, we, we might be on iron thinking like, I'm going to move into your house and spend 24 <laughs> seven with you. And you're thinking, I'm going to meet you for coffee once a week. So yeah, those are very different. Absolutely. <laughs> so we want to make sure we're all on the same page. And just
0: for clarity, for those of you, those of our listeners who don't know us personally, we've got four kids. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have clarified. I thought I was being pretty. It was clear I was being sarcastic. It's not, not, necessi- a lot. <laughs> well,
0: not necessarily. Um, which is still considered right, a yeah. very.
1: I had zero. Yes, it was yes. a difference between my zero well, and your four. I now have three, so I yeah, can't talk. But we're but... still
0: considered a large family these days. Well, principle number three in considering a mentor: look for character and results instead of popularity, charisma, or talent. So put a higher premium on the person's character and the results or or the legacy. What is it that's coming out of their life uh, rather than the the flash, which might be their charisma or how popular they are with other people or how talented they are. Hebrews 13.7 says that we should remember our leaders, those who spoke the word of God to us, that we should consider the outcome of their way of life and then imitate their faith. And so when you're remembering your leaders, part of that should be considering the outcome of their way of life. And I I love that phrase, um, that there's a a way of life that each of us has that's going to leave awake, that there's going to be certain consequences for the way we go about our, our day in and day out life. And that's really what you need to be looking for in a potential mentor is is what's coming out of their life what is what is the result what is their character and you want to put a premium on that versus the other things that that are going to be more surface i mean they can still be very popular and charismatic and talented so that's not it's not that you want to go for someone who doesn't have those things but you just want to be focused more on their character and the outcome of their life So, you know, those are three principles. Just to recap, first, the relationship can be established from either side. You don't have to wait for someone to offer to mentor you. Second, define what it is that you're looking for. And third, put a premium on character and results, the outcome of their way of life, rather than popularity or charisma. Well, how about some practices, Abigail? What are three practices for finding a mentor that people can can put in play?
1: Yeah. So um, I've been thinking about sort of this idea that we really um, have been so blessed, Andrew, (laughs) you and I, and that um, we were mentored by people that really were intentional about mentoring and knew kind of what it was. Maybe they had been mentored, I don't know, or Mm -hmm. maybe just God just blessed them in that area. But um, really (laughs) in today's age, Um, people are not as used to it or have that kind of mindset. Um, and so they may not really even understand the concept, even if they want to do it or want to be mentored or want to be a mentoree. Um, so I, I think my first big practice takeaway is just to be intentional. Um, if there's someone that you want to learn from, um, you know, and you, they're willing to get time with you. And um, then just to be intentional going in, like know maybe some questions you want to ask them um, about their life or their walk with the Lord um, that can really help get conversation going. Um, if they're a super relational person and they are not maybe into the whole mentoring idea, um, you know, you could spend a whole hour talking about just like basic life stuff and then leave and be like, man, did we talk about anything important? And so I think it's really great to just go into time with someone that you want to learn from with questions. And if you don't have anything specific that you want to ask them, then at least start with just, you know, what is the Lord teaching you right now? Or like, um, what has the Lord shown you in the word lately? You know, just getting that conversation pointed in that direction can really be helpful, even for your mentor. Um, They may not be used to having those kind of guided questions. And so we um, don't have to wait around. We don't have to wait around for our mentor to ask us certain questions. If we know that we need to talk about a certain area in our lives, then we can go ahead and initiate that. So just being intentional is is really key in having a good experience in mentoring.
0: Yeah, that's really true. I do think you're right, too, that we've been blessed with mentors who, who have a vision for mentoring. And uh, that's not always going to be the case, but you can actually do a lot to steer the course of the mentoring relationship just by doing what you're talking about there is taking ownership, being intentional, and uh, guiding it as needed. Um, a second practice that people can can have in finding a mentor is to be available. And this one may seem obvious, but I I actually think that it's it's a pretty rare thing. What I mean by be available is that if if you're the one that is learning, if you're the one that's being mentored, then you need to be willing to change your schedule, your activities to create space in your life to, to fit with what's going on in your mentor's life. And this is all throughout the scriptures. So, you know, you talked about Elijah and Elisha as, as one of your favorite examples of biblical mentoring. If you remember how that uh, relationship started, you know, Elisha is this younger man, he's out there, he's working in a field plowing and Elijah, the older prophet comes to him and it actually just says that he, he throws his, his outer cloak, throws it on Elisha, which I guess in that culture, that meant I want to mentor you because, uh, (laughs) because Elisha, (laughs) Elisha somehow knew immediately that, wow, Elijah is offering to, to mentor me. He wants me to actually come and be his assistant and help him. And so uh, he immediately, not only does he stop uh, plowing, but it, it says that he sacrifices the ox uh, which is sort of a, a, I think, a symbol of he was he was committing to this relationship with Elijah, and then he left and he he began to go wherever Elijah was. And same thing with my example of Paul and Timothy, Paul came through Timothy's hometown, and in Acts sixteen it says that that Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, and so he took him and it says that he circumcised him which if you don't know a lot about the Bible, that might seem really random and uh, a weird way. Intense. Yeah, <laughs> an intense and a weird way to start out a, a mentoring relationship. But again, there's this idea of of real commitment on Timothy's part to mm. to learn from Paul and to be mentored by Paul. And then Timothy, not only did he allow himself to be circumcised, but... um. He began to travel with Paul and be available to help with Paul's work, and um, and it really kind of highlights maybe the deepest form of mentoring, which is apprenticeship. That that when you are apprenticed by someone, you're actually joining them in their life's work. But even if you're not getting involved in a mentoring relationship to that extent the principle is you still need to be the one who is making yourself available as, as the younger person in the relationship, as the one who is learning from the older, more experienced person, you want to be available. You want to be willing to change your schedule and to make, to make time for that. And Abigail, I know you mentioned earlier, um, the, the early months of our time together, um, when you were up in Washington state. And I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> um, you were newly married. You didn't know very many people in Washington at all. And your husband was deployed. Um, many young wives in that situation, they would not have lived in Washington. They would have moved back home where they had a support system and they, they already had friends established. And so, you know, you being willing to stay while Brett was deployed was really an example of you know being willing, being available, and changing up your activities and schedule, so that you could learn and so that you could be mentored. So, I think even in your life, that's that's a pretty clear example of this second practice of being available.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and that is true that we, uh, as the person that wants to be mentored. We really do have to to see ourselves as in the servant role. Um you know, we are at our mentor's disposal. Disposal. Psh. <laughs> I feel like that's so back and word. call. The- <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Anyway. um, Yeah. So I kind of brings us into our third practice, which is just um, to get time with someone. We sometimes need to be in a servant role. So by serving them can be a really great way to learn from someone. Um, And this kind of follows really closely with what uh, you were just talking about, Andrew, in the sense that, um, you know, being available to someone being even in an apprenticeship type of a role with them, like being willing to do ministry along with them um, fits into this and in that we can then serve them by helping them in their ministry or in whatever, you know, they have going on in their life. And so instead of seeing it so much as, you know, what can I get out of this relationship here? What can I right. just suck out of them knowledge wise? Instead, really, you know, seeing that person and seeing, um, their value and their character and all that we you know know to be important. Um, and then thinking, you know, I should have served them because they're doing amazing stuff. Um and then just going ahead in that role um, and just having a servant mindset can really be a blessing, I think, um, in being mentored, um, in that just by putting yourself um in whoever you're following's shoes literally can mean boy, I should probably go grocery shopping for that person because they don't have time to do it. Or, you know, I should volunteer to lead that Bible study so that, you know, they have time to do X, Y, Z can really then at the end of the day, we realize how much we've learned (laughs) then. So um, I think just having that servant attitude can just go such a long way um, and that you kind of wake up and realize how much you've learned just by, um, trying to step in and, and be a servant to them. And we talked about bringing up Moses and Joshua, (laughs) um, as kind of an example of mentor, mentoree, like type relationship. And we kind of, they got pushed to the back burner, but they got to be mentioned here because Joshua was literally Moses's servant, And he, um, spent as mentioned so often early, um, in Moses's career, so to speak, just serving Moses. Um, and that then ended up, you know, he then stepped into Moses's role um, as leader when he um, died. And so that's such a wonderful picture of just be a servant, you know, just serve those that we see um, are in that have that character and that fruit in their lives that we want to see in our own and just start serving them.
0: Yeah, it's really true. Actually, I think we can miss a lot of these mentoring relationships in the Bible because, across the board, that is how the the younger person who's being mentored is described as as a servant or as an assistant. Yeah, it's true of Joshua. It was true later with Elisha. Actually, was described as mm-hmm. the assistant or the servant of Elijah, and even with Paul and Timothy, you know, Paul described Timothy as as someone who had faithfully served, who served in the gospel as a son uh, by his side over those years of mentoring. So one thing I see about all three of these practices is that they're really rooted in having a high value for mentoring or for being mentored. So if you really understand how much you're getting out of someone investing in you, then these three practices are going to come easy for you, that you're, you're going to want to be intentional. Um, you're going to want to be available and you're going to be willing to serve because it's actually a joy that you're not, it's not something mm-hmm. that's costing you. It's something that's benefiting you and it's actually bringing life uh, to you. And so I think that's maybe a good thing to remember as we, we close out too. that, that these three practices They aren't burdensome if you understand what's actually happening, the dynamic of mentoring and and the benefit that you're getting out of it. Well, this has been a a fun conversation. I hope people will find it helpful, and I hope that it will bring some clarity to what I think is is a really important area, this this topic of mentoring. And it is one that I think that has been largely lost uh, in our modern world. Uh, we love to hear from you, our listeners. So, Abigail, what's the best way for people to connect with us?
1: Oh, Andrew, they can connect with us so many ways. Really, there's no excuses. Um, you can contact us um, just at our website. You can leave us um, comments there at Into the Harvest. And you, we're on Instagram under the same name. We're on Facebook under the same name. We are just all <laughs> over your social media. So please, please reach out to us. Um, you can also leave comments on our podcast, especially on iTunes. We love those comments and our reviews and stars. (laughs) Um, So they can do that. But really, we do so very much want to hear from you, especially about this topic of mentorship. Um, What did we leave out? What did really stuck out to you about what we said? Um, Tell us your mentor stories. We want to hear all of it. So please, please reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and our
0: website. All right, Abigail. Well, until next time,
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you later.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing, and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us. In an age of social media, word of mouth is still the most powerful way to spread the message.